We've all kind of figured out if it's good, it's God. If it's bad, it's me. Amen. Hallelujah. We appreciate people that will obey God, but how many of you know we're so thankful for Jesus and all that He's done for us and all He's willing to yet do for us? Amen. Well, this morning, if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you, if you would, please open them to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, and uh, we will read in verse 11 down through verse 14. And this morning, in, in preparing as we was getting ready to come out this way, uh, you know, we, all, like all of us, we always have plenty to do every day. But we were thinking about these services and different things. And, and uh, you know, as we get closer to Jesus' return, and uh, Isaiah talks about that it says there will be darkness and gross darkness upon the earth. But then he talks about us as the church. He tells us to do something. He tells us to arise and let the light shine. And in that, just knowing where we're living and how to live where we're living sometimes kind of helps us get past some stuff. We, we know the word world, and we'll look at it a little bit later, but the word world means cosmos. And, and it, it talks about in the feminine and gender and different things, but... But most of the time, the word world means age or a period of time in which there's certain things that will go on most of the time, cosmos. But we know that as I grew up, me and Brenda, we grew up and we, we used to sing songs along the line of, I I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. Well, how many of you know that's honorable, but later we found out it was stupid. Because if you've got Jesus, you should have everything He provided for you. Amen? Like, aren't you thankful if we have Jesus, we don't have to choose between salvation and then having what God promised us. We understand if we have Jesus in salvation, we have a right to everything He provided for us. And so we would sing these older songs, and, and a lot of them I still sing. I, I love this, like Precious Memories and, and Canaan's Land and Higher Ground. Higher Ground's one of my favorite. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. And different things. And there's so much revelation in those songs. But one of the things that began to help me was the word world never means earth. Because in 1 Corinthians 10, it says the earth is the Lord's. And everything in it. King James says the fullness thereof. And the word world will never coincide with earth. And so the word world means cosmos or the system or the age you and I are now alive in. We are in the world, but we're what? Not, Not of it. Or we have to learn how to live in this system because we're of another system. Amen. And in living that way, sometimes Christians get discouraged because of all the crazy stuff that happens. Yeah. Yes. And how many of you are glad Jesus didn't say, and we'll read it after a while in John 16, that he said, uh, if, uh, in the world, once you get saved, you'll never have no trouble. Well, how many know it don't read that way? But sometimes people read that in there and they think because they're going through so much stuff, there has to be 
uh, sin in their life or, or they have to be doing something wrong. How many of you know you and I live in a crazy system? I should get a better amen than that. You and I living in a crazy system. But like brother Pastor Tom was talking about, once we figure out how to live in this and live out of the kingdom we were born into, we can have victory every day, no matter what we're going through. We can have joy. We can have peace. We can have everything that Jesus said. But if you've got a wrong thinking, like, God, I shouldn't have to go through all of this. How many of you know you're going to go through some stuff just because of who you are? But the thing of it is, is, you know, how many of y'all used to be like dope smokers and stuff? Oh, I'm in the wrong crowd. But, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of us used to have joint trouble, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. And, and drinking, that's how we coped with everything. But I mean, no, when we come over into the family of God, we've got joy. We've got peace. we got the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We've got things that will keep us steady. Glory to God. Amen. So here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Now I'll read to you out of the, the King James. But then uh, I, I've got this little deal here. My wife got me. It's a mini pad, right? Mini iPad. Amen. Look at somebody say, we are impressed. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Because everything else I do is still with pencil and paper. But I got this here now. Now, so in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, we'll pray and then we'll begin reading verse 11. Father, we love and thank you and praise you this morning for the opportunity to break the bread of life together. We thank you for these precious, precious people. That, Jesus, we are brothers and sisters within the family of God. We thank you, Lord God. There are so many things in the Gospels and in the New Testament and the epistles that tells us who we are in Christ and what we have become in Christ. And we know, Father, that we are the light. We are the salt. And we thank you, Father God, that in this world, the system that we are in, but we should not live by, that there is victory for the believer. But there is a thing to do, and that is learn how to live on earth, in the world. And we thank you, Father God, through that. People will watch us. People will see how we react to certain things because we know that it rains upon the just and the unjust. So we understand that it doesn't mean that Christians are doing things wrong, but we are, of the, we are in the world, but thank God we're learning how not to live by the world. And we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, Father, amen. amen. Philippians 4.11, it says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have what? Learned. If you don't mind, tell three people, Paul had to learn something. Paul had to learn something. And Paul said that he learned, he had to learn how to live in certain situations. Yes. And sometimes, how many of y'all have ever been standing, you know, I'm talking about in Christ and, and things are going good, but then something just almost like, if I could say it, blindsides you and, all, and hits you and you're like, where did that come from? And different things. And Paul said in these things we're going to read after we read the King James, we'll read the NLT. He said, 
that he went through some stuff, but he had to learn how to live in every situation, not as an apostle, but as a believer. And as Christians, we know we win. Thank you for those four weak amens. As Christians, we know we win. But how many of you know, in the winning, is there some going through some stuff? And going through some stuff, it'll determine we ought to learn how to live when things are crazy. We ought to know how to live. We ought to know how to live when everything's hunky-dory. You know what, hunky everything's good, right? We ought to know how to live if it's like everything around us is going berserk. We still ought to know how to live. And in that, we will be a not only a witness to a dark world, but we're able to stay by faith. See, we're learning, as Pastor Tom was talking about a while ago, how many of you besides me, we're still learning our authority in Christ? How many of y'all are learning the faith life? How many of y'all besides us are learning the love walk? See, we're learning how to live. Now, so he goes on to say in, in verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am. So just because you're in California doesn't matter. <laughs> right? So you can be in Oklahoma, Oregon, Arizona. You still ought to be okay. I know that's really not what that means, but I'm going to use it that way this morning. But also it can mean whatsoever place circumstance that I am, I can be content. Now, I'm going to touch on something and uh, we'll, we'll do our best to get to all of this. You're believing with me, right? Yes. Okay. So, uh, that up there is nice, having that up there. That's nice. Amen. You can see the scripture. Now, in that, to be content, what does that mean? <laughs> Let me try over here. To be content, what would that mean? Thank you. Do you hear what our sister said? To be at peace. Many people will substitute a lack of pressure for the peace of God. But when the Scripture tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, most people think, that they won't be wartime or be in trouble. It's not right. There's going to be trouble over there until Jesus comes. But there can still be the peace of God in the midst of trouble. So peace never means a lack of pressure or a lack of trouble. But in the midst of trouble, you can still have the peace of God. Now, Remember the scripture, 1 Corinthians 10, what is it, verse 13? That uh, it talks about that there had no temptation taken you, such as a common man, but therewith God shall make a way of an escape. Is that, is that close? Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. But with the temptation also make a way of escape, that you may be able to do what? Now, I want, I want to say something right here. Don't think that because something crazy comes... 
And then you make a statement like, well, God won't put more on me than I can bear. Because your father and my father ain't like that. And I know ain't ain't a word, but I just used it. (laughs) He won't put stuff on you and then turn around and be like, well, I'm trying to make you better in the regard of evil. Anything that's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy, Jesus labeled where it come from in John 10.10. And so when trouble comes, things come from the cosmos, world system, to hurt you, to, to get you to back up. How many of you agree with me? That's coming out of a system that's influenced by Lucifer. Anything that tries to get you away from God or get you out of what God's called you to do is not from God. So never think, that in this, this is actually talking about temptations to get you to yield or to quit. Right? So how many of you agree with me? God wouldn't put something on you to get you to quit or yield. So in this, let's go back now to Philippians 4. So Paul said... For I have learned in whatsoever state I am. If you don't mind, tell your neighbor, say, I'm learning how to live. Now, the word learned means something that people get or have because having learned through experience while going through things. Now, let's, let's read verse 12 and 13, King James, and we'll go to the NLT real quick. Paul said, I know both how to be abased... I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I am instructed both to be full, to be hungry, both to abound, to suffer need. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Glory to God. Amen. But verse 14, he makes a statement. Notwithstanding you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now the King James, thank God for the King James, but do you guys have the NLT? Okay, the NLT, verse 11 through 14. We'll go through it. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with wherever I, with whatever I have. Look at somebody say, content. Then he said, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. Huh. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Oh my. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If it was, he said, I've learned the secret of living in every situation, then some people might not have learned it yet. If every time you get in a hard place and you talk crazy, I don't know why this has to happen to me all the time. Amen. Or your little attitude you get. Amen. I'm preaching real good right now. Amen. You know, and then you're just like, well, I'm just going through some stuff. Well, you really didn't have to tell us. It showed up. Are you with me? But, but you know, the thing of it is, where, where is it at? Is it Philippians 128, uh, Amplified? 
Is, is that right? Philippians 128 Amplified. Can y'all pull that one up real quick? Thank you, guys. Y'all are quick. Do you have it in the Amplified? Okay, coming. Now, it says, And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated by anything or by your opponents and adversaries for such constancy, constancy, and fear, thank God, and fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof, and seal to them that impending destruction by a sure token, which is a sign and evidence of your deliverance. In other words, if you don't mind, tell two people, quit giving the devil a sign. You know, before we got saved, you know, we'd, we'd be in a beer joint or somewhere or something, and, and you know, if, if somebody ever got into a fight and somebody hit somebody else, and you hit them with everything you had, and then they grin, <laughs> blood running down their teeth, and they're grinning. How I many know that's a clear sign you're in trouble? <laughs> if you hit them with everything you have, because the next thing you're going to do is hit them with a stick or something, try to ball, you know, pool ball or something, you know, because what you did wasn't working. If you learn. Every time through the world system, the devil hits you with something. And even though he might have knocked you down, but you get up and you smile. Hey! <laughs> and you smile. And you still like God's God. Jesus is Jesus. And I'm still a child of God. It's a clear sign to him that you, he is in trouble right now. But if he hits you and you're like, <laughs> you might as well have a sign. <laughs> I'm thinking about quitting. Are you with me? Look at somebody say, I ain't quitting. Now, we'll go back to Philippians. Where, where was we at? Verse, did we read verse 11, Amplified or NLT? For I can do everything through Christ, verse 13, thank you, who gives me strength. Next verse. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my what? Really? And he said he had learned the secret of living. How many of you like everything to go good? Seven. Eight. Okay, okay. <laughs> How many of you besides me and my wife, <laughs> they don't always go that way. But how many of you besides us are, are doing your utmost best to obey God and follow the plan of God? Don't confuse trouble with you doing something wrong. Now, we already know if you're going to act crazy, you can get in trouble. But we're going to do our best to follow God. And so Paul said there were times when he had more than enough. Then there were times when he didn't have hardly nothing. Then there were times when stuff was a little lean and there was some trouble. But he said, I've learned the secret of living. I know how to be content in every place because having things, not having things is never a measure of faith. 
God tell you to do something, the enemy will come after you. But how many of you know, it don't matter how much crazy stuff you got to get through. The thing of it is, is we know we are going to go to the other side. Tell somebody if you don't care, or don't, don't care, don't mind, I'm going to the other side. Now, let's go to Luke, Luke 16, please. We finally got to point one of this eight-point message. <laughs> Hallelujah. Luke 16. We'll read down from verse 1 through 8, King James, and then we'll read verse 8 in the Amplified. King James says, And he said also unto his disciples, so it's in red here, Jesus is speaking. He said, There was a certain rich man which had a steward. The same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. He called him, said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh from me the stewardship, or away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig. He said, I don't want to have to work. And to beg, I don't want to have to stand on the street corner with a piece of cardboard. Really, that's what he said. He said, I'm resolved what to do that when I am put out of the stewardship that may receive me into their house. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, sit down quickly, and write how much? Fifty. Then said he to another, How much owest thou? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and write out how much? Four score, which is 80, I believe. Verse 8. And the Lord did what? Who? Why? Tell me the rest, please. Write this down, please. Never forget it. Jesus did not commend unjust living. He, but in the Amplified, do you all have verse 8 in the Amplified, please? It'll bring out that he was, they were shrewder. And his master praised the dishonest, unjust manager for acting what? Shrewdly? Prudently. For the sons of this age, may I say, the world system. For the sons of this age are shrewder and more prudent and wiser where? To their... Now, make note of that. To their what? And kind then are... Look at somebody say, I'm a child of God. So what is he talking about? He's not praising dishonesty. He is praising that these guys or this particular steward knew the system that he was of and how to live in it. We are in the world system But as believers, we should not try to operate like those that aren't saved. 
If we are believers and we try to operate like people out there that aren't saved, we will get our brains beat out. But we are of another kingdom. And Jesus said, I really wish the kids of the kingdom would learn how to operate in the system that they have been born into. And Paul said, because how many know Paul, before (coughs) he carried letters, and he could just go into people's house, he could do basically whatever the, the government had given him authority through these letters. He didn't have to ask. He could just go. And then he gets saved. And then they, they start wailing on him with sticks and rods and all this other stuff. But you remember, how long was he on the, at the feet of Gamil? How you say that guy's name? Gamaliel. 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 Is that close? Yeah. That, that guy in the Bible. And so, <laughs> he, he was at his feet. You know, he was three years in, in the desert, and then he was at his feet for like 14 years. You know what God was doing? He was helping him learn how to live when things of the world system would come after him and him not react like he used to be able to. Before we got saved, you hit me, we're going to hit you. Are you with me? I'm talking about all of us. You talk about me, we're going to talk about you. Are you with me? You know, y'all quit looking all righteous and holy. Are you with me? I know you are now, but before you got saved, (coughs) and you would sit around, and I would too, and if somebody did something, figure out how to get back. Now that we're children of God, we got to know how to live. Look, look at somebody say, I really think he's preaching to you by the way you're looking, but I ain't sure. (laughs) Amen. Amen. (laughs) So, Paul said, I had to learn. How to live. Uh, y'all, how many of y'all <coughs> know that in Pawnee, Oklahoma, where me and my wife live, you, you maybe have never been there, but I'm going to share with you that a traffic jam in Pawnee is more than two cars at the stop sign at one time. <coughs> you, <laughs> and if a train come through and there's like 12 cars... They got backed up for 10 minutes. And they're all at the stop sign. We're like, my Lord, what is going on? (laughs) We've got one stop sign, it's a four-way stop, and two red lights. And most of the time, both of them are working. (laughs) Really. And part of the time when the one quits, we got a 55-gallon drum with four stop signs, and it's on an honor system. They put it in the middle of the intersection. Everybody knows when it's their turn to go. (laughs) Yesterday, when we were going to the hospital, it's Saturday. 
it ain't even noon yet. And I'm like, where did all these folk come from? <laughs> and you know, people will tell you you're number one. Or, you know, or they'll, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Amen. Or they'll, they'll blow at you. Amen. Used to, when I was in a hurry to get to church, I'd blow at people. And then I'd get there if I was a guest speaker and see that car pull in. And I'm like, I've got to quit that. Amen. Are you with me? <laughs> or pull up behind somebody at a light and they'll have a bumper sticker that says, Honk if you love Jesus. I used to have one. People pull up behind you. ba 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 ba, And you're like, the light's red. And you get out of your car. What's the matter with you? <laughs> so sorry. I was just honking because I love Jesus. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> on 880. Is it five? Yeah. Five. Now, I know they got that, that HOV lane, yeah. Hoover lane, and now I think there's four. Well, it was like, stop and go. Stop and go. We'd be stopped. And I'd be like, why? <laughs> and then, then they'd gun it. You got to burn out because somebody will cut in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got to stand on them brakes because you're like, you know, 40 feet, we're going to run 60. And then, <laughs> I am not letting you in front of me. Amen. <laughs> hey you know, you know the Holy Ghost is talking to you this morning. Amen. But the thing of it is, is we ought to be the happiest people on earth. Thank you for those eight. Amen. We ought to be the happiest people on earth. We ought to be the most fun people to be around. Amen. But I mean, no, you don't get this overnight. <laughs> you really don't. You don't get it overnight. Paul said, I had to learn the secret of living. And when crazy stuff comes, don't fall apart and be like, God, why? How I many you know? Get through that. Get on the other side. And God's intelligent and you're intelligent. And once you get through it on the other side, ask Him. He might tell you, He might not. But it don't matter. Because if you'll stay with God, you will get to the other side of it. Hallelujah. Now, go with me, please, to uh, Ezekiel 28. Please. <laughs> Praise God. Look over at somebody say, ha, 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 ha. Ezekiel 28. 
Let's start in verse 2, please. Ezekiel 28, 2, and then we'll skip down to verse 12 and 13. Ezekiel 28, 2. It says, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus. If you don't mind, would you say prince of Tyrus, please? Thus saith the Lord God, because thy heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God. I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas. Can you tell me what the prophet Ezekiel wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost? Yet what? Thou art a man, and what? So the prince of Tyrus was literally a man on planet earth. Correct? Would you agree? Now go to verse 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon who? The king of Tyrus. And say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sellest up the sum, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Verse 13. Can you read that one to me, please? The garden of God. Now, and then that's good. And then, but you can see, there's a lot of beautiful things with this person. Now, who was in the Garden of Eden? Adam. Eve. 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 Who else? Satan. Who else? God would come in the cool of Eden. The only, the only scriptures we have to know who all was in the Garden, according to Genesis, is four. It's the only four that we have record of. So we shouldn't assume there was others or whatever. There could be. But I mean, no, we are word people. We got record of four. Adam, Eve, God, and Lucifer. That's all that was there. And it's interesting that the king of Tyrus was in Eden. So it has to be Lucifer. But the prince of Tyrus thought he was a god and said things like Lucifer did when he got kicked out. But the prophet wrote and said, You are not a god. You are a man on earth. Is that correct? One of the secrets of learning to live It's just because you can't see it doesn't mean it ain't real. We are faith people. And we know our faith will give substance, materialized things that we cannot see. But there there are a lot of things. We know there's angels. Angels work with us. But, you know, the Bible says the angels of the Lord encamp around about those that fear Him. You don't see them all the time, but I mean, no, we got scriptures that says they're here. And they, they are, they called, they eat the bread of the mighty. If they move at the same speed that God does, they move somewhere around 187,000 miles per second. And for them to slow up, if you've ever seen them, it's either the discerning of spirits or they have to not move so fast where that, that matter will become invisible at a certain speed. And so they, they have to slow up and you'll be able to see them naturally. But in all of those things, the prince of Tyrus was a man on planet Earth that you could see. But most people never related 
that he was so influenced by an invisible kingdom who was Lucifer. And Lucifer wanted everyone on earth to see what him and his kingdom looked like, so he had to find somebody on earth that would yield to him. You and I have to understand that we are spirit beings, right? And we are of the spirit world. We live in a body, but how many of you know we're not a body? We live in one. But all of this stuff that's in the world system, you already know all of these things, so I'm not going to take time to go through all the Scripture. But you know the world system, cosmos, is under the influence of the one that was in Eden. All right, Lord, I'll show them. Um, go, go over to uh, Luke, please. Well, well, go to Matthew 9 first. Matthew 9, please. Uh, Matthew 9, 32 and 33, please. Matthew 9, 32, 33. It says, And they went out, and behold, they brought to him a what? A dumb man. What? Now I'm going to ask you a question. What does a dumb spirit look like? It's open book test. Why not flunk? It's real simple. I mean, really, you already know the answer. It's not, it's not deep. It's there. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Our precious sister here says, they can't speak. But see, most people won't relate that. They would relate organs, voice box, something natural. But you've got to learn the secret of living that a lot of this stuff that comes after you is from the invisible world. And it always ain't natural. A dumb spirit is one that cannot talk. So the only way to demonstrate what he looks like is to get somebody that will yield to him and he can get into in this system on the earth. Are you with me? Okay. Then that person will not be able to talk. What, what's the next verse say? When the devil was cast out, what happened? Was there anything wrong with his vocal organs? What was it? Thank you. Go over to Luke 13, please. What, what time do we get done here? 10, 10, 20? 10, 15? Okay. Luke, Luke uh, 13. Let's try that one. Please. Glory to God. Luke, Luke 13, 11. And behold... There was a woman which had what? How long? Tell me what she looked like. Boat over. over. Couldn't nowise lift up herself. So undoubtedly, the way the Scripture describes, she, I guess, walked something like this. Is that correct? You have to understand, no demon or devil, everybody that 
associated themselves with this woman ever really saw what was behind what was going on with her. Only Jesus did. But the devil or demons never, because they're saying, well, there's, you know, they didn't know everything like we know now, you know, as far as medical and the human body. But nobody said, I'm sure everybody's like, well, we don't know. The sister's got bad back or, or you know, or something, something's wrong with her back or whatever. And no demon ever jumped up and said, no, 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 no. It's not, it's nothing to do with her spinal cord, nothing. It's really us. They want every believer to some way or another relate to what's going on concerning trouble to God, never them. So Jesus, he, he discerns what it is, you know, by the, I'm sure one of the gifts of the Spirit or something, a word of knowledge. But he said there was a woman which had a spirit 18 years, spirit of infirmity 18 years, bowed together, couldn't always lift up herself. So I, I guess she she's walks like this. And you know the story. When Jesus ministered to her, the Bible says she was made straight and glorified God. And the thing of it is, is what did this particular spirit of infirmity, what would he look like? He'd be bowed over. He'd be twisted. He'd be gnarled. Are you with me? But see, to the natural eye, nobody would relate that. They would think it was back trouble. But see, we're learning the secret on how to live. And he said, no matter what comes, I know I still win in Christ because I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. He said... But he even talked about in verse 14, he said, at this time when I'm in difficulty, I'd still like for you to help. Remember that? So Paul, at that particular time of the writing, said, I'm not moved by what I'm going through. I'm only moved by what I believe. So, sometimes, how many of y'all live on, on earth? It's not a, a trick question. <laughs> How many of you know here on earth, the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof, but the system is influenced by an invisible system. But when you and I got saved, we came into another kingdom, which means Jesus is king. We're here, but John fifteen nineteen says, you've got to learn, don't try to live by the system that you're walking in. Live by the system you were born into. We know about words. We can have what we say. We know about how to speak confessions of faith based on the Word of God. We are learning how to treat one another. Are you with me? These are things that we are learning how to live, even though it seems like this stuff keeps coming. How many of you know we will go to the other side? Now, last couple openings. It's ten fourteen. We're gonna we're gonna finish up here. Go go with me if you would. Second Corinthians one, please. 
I find this very interesting that Paul makes this statement in uh, 2 Corinthians 1 8, please. 1 8. Can y'all read that to me? For we would not, brethren. Now, now, what about what about over in 1 Corinthians 12? What did he write? I would not have you ignorant concerning what? Spiritual gifts. Right? Now, what does ignorant mean? Not knowing. No information. What's stupid? Knowing but won't do it. So if you don't mind, sit, tell somebody, smile, say, I'm glad I'm not sitting by somebody stupid. Amen. Now, we might be ignorant. Are you with me? We might not know, but thank God there ain't no stupid folk in here this morning. Right? Okay. So we know he talked about the mysteries of God. We know about the gifts of the Spirit. Isn't it interesting that he said, Paul takes time out of all that the Holy Ghost could inspire him to write and says, I don't want you to be misinformed or not know why we were in so much trouble. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia that we were what? Above strength, in so much. One translation says, we didn't know if we were going to make it out alive. King James says, despaired even of our life. Now, for, for time, I'm just going to go through some stuff. We'll, we'll, get it, we'll get more of it later. Paul made sure that the church of Corinth, his partners, and everybody knew why he was going through this trouble. It's not a shame for you and I as believers to go through something. You don't be ashamed of it. Here's the deal. When we go through some stuff, if how many of y'all been through some stuff before? How many of you know it was only by the Word of God that you kept in your heart and in your mouth and then other saints perhaps, that's how you got on the other side of it. We know we are in the world, but we don't live by it. Jesus said in John 16, 33, In the world you shall have what? Tribulation, but be a good cheer. I have. The Amplified will talk about in the world you will be frustrated, you will be stressed, and you will be pressured. Now, I'll finish up with this. Paul wrote this. Now, can the devil apply pressure? I agree. Have you ever felt pressured? Okay. Have you ever felt stressed? Okay. Now, can the devil apply pressure? I already asked it and you answered correctly. Yes. Correct? If he can apply pressure, can he withhold or back up pressure? Why did Paul say he was pressed or pressured? 
out of what? For time's sake. We'll not go there, but you know about the measure, Ephesians 4. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he talks about we were given different gifts and measures. Is that correct? Most of the time your measure is where you fit in the body of Christ. Why was Paul so pressured by the enemy through trouble? Trying to get him to back out of his measure. See, when you're called to a place and you know you fit there, you have to understand if you're called, you know, into this a marriage, you're called to a local church, you're, you're called to do this, you're called by God to do this, there will always be a pressure against your measure. And Paul said, I don't want nobody to be ignorant about that. Because sometimes people that are young in the Lord think that if you're called to something, there should never be no pressure. And Paul said, I have learned the secret of living. Hard times, good times, I'm content. So this pressure is always designed to get you to back out of your measure. And if you begin to back up, if he can put pressure, he can withdraw pressure. And if you begin to back up and he withdraws pressure, so often people will substitute a lack of pressure for the peace of God. And when they back up, they sense a release. And they're like, now this feels more like God. But Paul said, I don't want nobody ignorant. If you don't mind, tell two people, God don't want us ignorant. God don't want us ignorant. So, it's 1021. We'll finish up. We'll, we'll take five. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. What did Jesus say in the Gospel of John? Peace I give you. Thank you. Y'all quote it to me. Not as. So, what would peace be to the world? Lack of trouble. A lack of pressure. Look at somebody say, I'm glad I ain't sitting by a wimp. (laughs) And we know what we mean by that. How many of you know, you can't be a lily liver and be a Christian. (laughs) Are you with me? As soon as you got saved and you come in the family of God, you become a target. Because the Bible says now you're a light or you're a demonstration of really what the invisible kingdom of God should begin to look like. People's watching you. Amen? And how many know we don't want to misrepresent the kingdom of God? Amen? Now, so if the enemy can put pressure, he can withdraw pressure. Do not be deceived by a lack of pressure or stress as the will of God. If God asked you when you went into this, 
then if it was time to do something else, don't you think he would tell you? So if he ain't said nothing about quit going to church, well, I don't went to preaching again. But if he ain't said, how many of y'all, now, now be honest, be honest. How many of y'all ever been under the gun about tithing? Thank you, my brother. <laughs> I see that hand. Amen. Are you with me? But why do you keep tithing? Because you're a person of faith, and that's what he said. And so, if you quit tithing, you just gave the devil a sign. That the pressure he's putting is working. But if you just keep smiling, you know, your car broke down, and you keep smiling and say, I'm writing out my tithe check right now. <laughs> the little imp goes back to, to the devil and says, Well, have you got anything else? That didn't work. Amen. They're still tithing. They're talking about calling somebody to get a ride to church on Sunday. See, we've got to know what it really means to live by faith. Paul said, I've learned the secret. I have learned. You know, I used to get upset. I know that's hard to believe, but I did. (laughs) I could throw a fit with the best of them. I could. I could just twist, you know, like a limb, snap, break, and go off. But I, really, I could. Could I could, couldn't I, honey? Yeah. You see her pooch her lips out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what? I have discovered if I'm doing what God's asked me to do, if we are where God's asked us to be, if we are doing everything He's told us to do at this time, then it don't matter if come hell or high water. I don't care what trouble comes. We're going to stay with God. We're going to stay with the Word that He gave us. And as we stay with the Word, we will get to the other side of this. And it's not disguised as some mystical thing of God that you can't ever figure out. It is the devil is the God of this world system. He wants you to quit. He wants you to back out of your measure. But if you don't mind, tell two people, say, I ain't quitting. And I ain't backing up. Amen. Glory to God. Father, we love you and thank you and praise you this morning. We thank you, Father God, for helping us. We love you, Master. We thank you, Father God, for these precious people. Why even bother getting up? It's a Sunday. Coming to church because of their commitment to you. We're grateful and we're thankful for people that's in the family that we're in, the family of God. And Father, I thank you. I appreciate it, Brother Paul, that you took time by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost that you wanted the people at Corinth, but also here in California, to know I don't want you to be ignorant why we went through so much trouble. And then you wrote to Philippians, whether I got a lot, whether I got a little, whether it's great, whether it's rough, 
I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. We thank you, precious Father. If there's believers in this, in this place this morning that are going through some things, that we thank you, no matter what we're going through, our eyes are upon the Master. Our faith is in the Word of God. And He's talked to us even in the midst of storms. We will go to the other side. And I thank you, Father. We are all going to the other side. And we thank you for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.